New York Ranger trade targets. We are kicking off trade season by hunting for a center. We consider a longtime Ranger nemesis, a versatile, well-rounded player, and a former Stanley Cup champion. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 988 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, our first big-time trade-centric episode, you know, we, we've had some uh, brief discussions every now and then about what the Rangers might be looking for, the type of player they might want uh, come trade deadline time, but this is the first time we're going to really hone in on three specific target, targets. Excuse me, uh, We're looking specifically at center today. We've got three guys that we're going to get to, and definitely going to have some fun with this, you know, as we build up to the trade deadline, which is now uh, less than two months away. Uh, we are going to start today's episode with somebody who I consider a former, and I suppose maybe even current New York Ranger nemesis. And that is Adam Henrique. I figure we might as well go ahead and mention Henrique, go ahead and kick off the, uh, the festivities here by talking about Adam Henrique, since he's kind of fresh in everybody's mind. Obviously, the Rangers most recently played in Anaheim, and they had to rally from two goals down to come back and win at 5-2, but the player that scored both of those goals for the Ducks was Adam Henrique, just continues to torture the Rangers every single chance that he gets, and as far as Adam Henrique and his contract uh, situation is concerned, he is an impending unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, and we're mostly going to look at players like that. I think the Rangers, when it comes to the trade market, they're going to be looking specifically for rentals. That just kind of comes with the territory when you consider their cap space or lack thereof, their inability to really financially commit to anybody past the rest of the season and just look at their track record. I mean, that's how Drury has kind of operated the last two trade deadlines when the Rangers have been buyers. He's gone out and gotten, I believe, yeah, I believe every single player that he has traded for has been an impending UFA, at least guys that he's dealt for at the trade deadline, you know, notable uh, trade acquisitions. And Adam Henrique, that's also the case for him. The Anaheim Ducks right now going nowhere fast. They are 20 points out of the playoffs uh, as of Monday, at least, when I checked the standings last. Again, no reason for them to hang on to Adam Henrique, who is now 33 years old. Seems about as likely as anybody else to get dealt at the deadline this season. Now, one thing that makes this a little bit tricky is that Henrique's contract is worth $5.825 million. And, you know, for the purpose of these, you know, trade-centric episodes that we're going to do here, we're going to not rule out the Rangers doing something creative to create more cap space, whether that's, you know, in this case, having the Ducks retain up to 50% of Henrique's uh, salary 
or you get another team involved and they can take on an extra 25% or maybe the Rangers even trade somebody on the roster that doesn't have a no move clause and you open up cap space there too. Uh, of course, Philip Hedl, he's an X factor. There does seem to be good news brewing with Philip Hedl, and that's awesome to hear that, you know, he's now back in the States. He had gone home for a little while and uh, it sounds like he still plans on playing this season. And it sounds like the Rangers are still looking for him to get back. You know, the expectation is that it will happen. Obviously you got to make sure he's healthy and everything first. Uh, I'd stop short of calling it a guarantee that he comes back though. And if in any situation he doesn't, you can use, you know, the LTIR and manipulate that as other teams do and uh, have yourself a little bit more cap space and a little bit more flexibility. But for the record, uh, let me just make it clear. I want Filipino to get back uh, with this team. He can help a lot. And um, obviously he's been going through it this season and all the best to Filipino as well. But shifting our attention back specifically to Adam Henrique here. Yeah, again, if, if the Rangers were to acquire him, very, very good chance that the Ducks would have to retain 50%, in which case they might ask for a little bit more in a trade, and they would have the right to do that. I don't think it would be significantly more, but maybe an extra you know, mid to late round draft pick or whatever the situation might be. As far as why Adam Henrique is a fit for the Rangers, a couple of reasons. To begin with, uh, this is a team that I think in general, and I think most fans and you know listeners of this podcast, Ranger fans and listeners of this podcast, I think most people would agree that this team just in general needs a little bit more depth. Uh, the bottom six of the Rangers has seen better days. There's guys down there that, you know, they're blue collar players and they work hard. And uh, some of them it, it can at least do things like when you face off or kill some penalties or just play some general, you know, hard nosed hockey. But the bottom line is you look at the bottom six and there's just very little offense coming out of those guys. The, the four that really stand out to me at least are Barkley Goodrow, Nick Bonino, Tyler Patlick, Johnny Brodzinski, all of those four players have played anywhere between 27 and 44 games with the Rangers, and they have combined for four goals. All four of those players have exactly one goal on the season. Scoring is not everything. We know that. But when you have so many players that it just seems like it, it's a complete lottery ticket as far as the prospect of them scoring a goal, you know, I mean, as sooner or later, you need a little bit of offense out of your bottom six. And I think for sure uh, that's an area where Adam Henry could help the Rangers. You know, he's not a superstar juggernaut player, but he's somebody that's going to get some points and um, will give you some depth scoring if you acquire him, if you're the Rangers or whatever team ends up uh, ultimately acquiring Adam Henrique this season. As far as how he's doing this year, uh, another, you know, steady, if unspectacular, consistent season for Adam Henrique. It's interesting. You look at his career numbers. It feels like, you know, for at least like the last six or seven years, he always settles in right in between like 40 and 50 points. Uh, very consistent. In that regard, if we don't count the 2020-21 season, which was, of course, shortened due to uh, COVID, uh, Henrik has been between 38 and 50 points for nine straight seasons. So obviously very consistent in that area. Something else that, that's kind of interesting to me, uh, 239 goals in his career, 240 assists. So somebody that, you know, something of a sniper and, and also a little bit of a facilitator too, just a, a good, well-rounded player, a balanced attacker. And um, that's the kind of player that I think the Rangers could use, especially as you try to get a little bit more out of your bottom six and, and fill that out a little bit more. Uh, this year for Henrique, 45 games with the Ducks, 14 goals, 14 assists, 28 points. So there it is again, you know, the exact same amount of goals as assists. Uh, he's also an even plus minus, which you know, at first glance is not spectacular, but keep in mind the team he plays for here, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, one of the, you know, bottom five teams in the league. And um, 
you know, for, for him to be an, an even plus minus on a team such as that, no disrespect intended, but facts are facts. They're not a good team this season. And for him to be an even plus minus, despite that, uh, that's a good thing as well. He wins faceoffs. That's always nice. The Rangers, uh, we're all getting used to the Rangers being a good faceoff team here or trying to. It's the first time in a long time that that's happened um, this season. So that's obviously nice to see. And Adam Henry can help in that regard as well. 53% success rate on the dot. Also 41 block shots, 29 hits. 20 takeaways against eight giveaways. And again, somebody that's just been a steady contributor throughout his career, both with the Devils and then also with the Ducks. 507 career points in 830 games. Again, not eye-popping like point-per-game numbers, obviously, but this guy is a good player, and he is somebody that will contribute offensively. And not a bad defensive forward either. He has twice finished in the top 25 for the Selkie, which of course goes to the best defensive forward in the league. And again, I think the other evidence here that he's, you know, a solid, at least at least a solid defensive forward is, again, the fact that he's on a bad team that gets outscored by a lot, um, does not have a good plus-minus goal differential on the season, and he's still an even plus-minus despite that. Uh, to me, that's very impressive by Adam Henrique there. Also worth noting that uh, Adam Henrique can play some left wing. I don't think that would happen with the Rangers. That's the one forward position where, you know, they're basically loaded, but always nice to, you know, have that little bit of versatility there uh, if you need it. Um, as far as Henrique's role with the Ducks, he right now is listed as the top line left winger in Anaheim. Uh, I would imagine that will not be the case with the Rangers. I, I see him probably centering the third line if he ends up uh, being a member of this team. Uh, he's also listed on the second power play and the second penalty kill. So again, somebody that can, you know, do a little bit of everything to help you win um, a fairly versatile player here, uh, Ranger killer, though he may be. And that actually uh, leads me into what I initially thought was going to be like a bonus reason as far as why I thought Adam Henrique would be a good pickup for the Rangers. But the more I think about it, I don't think I'm joking when I say this. Adam Henrique, for his career, has been a Ranger killer. And... He's going to get traded. The Ducks have no incentive, no reason whatsoever to hang on to him through the trade deadline. They're not going to get a King's ransom for him. But, you know, you trade him, you take the draft pick, and you move forward. If the Raiders trade for Adam Henrique, then he can't be traded anywhere else. And I do not want to see a situation in the first or second round of the playoffs where the Rangers are playing another team for the Metro, and he's out there, you know, playing against the Rangers. Uh, he has really, really hurt the Rangers over the years. Uh, for his career, 38 games for Adam Henrique against the Rangers. He has nine goals and 10 assists for a total of 19 points in those 38 games. It's not a staggering amount, but this is somebody who, again, is, is often, you know, a, a third-line type player. That, that's a decent amount of points. And also consider this. His first 14 games against the Rangers in his career, Henrique only had two points. So since then, 17 points in 24 games for Adam Henrique against the Rangers. And of course, the, the one that really hurts, and I'm sorry to even bring this up, guys, but you go back to 2012, the Eastern Conference Final, Game 6 goes into overtime, Devils are leading the series 3-2, to two. Adam Henrique scores in the overtime period to eliminate the Rangers. I just don't want to see Adam Henrique against the Rangers in the playoffs. Like, imagine first or second round, and let's say like the second round, maybe you get like Rangers-Canes again, and he's on the Canes. I mean... What if one of those games goes into overtime? I'm going to be nervous every time Adam Henrique is on the ice. I do not want to see him going against the Rangers in the playoffs. Um, obviously, that dagger back in 2012, but he's somebody that has consistently played very well and scored against the Rangers. You know what? If he's here, he can't score against the Rangers. So, um, I, again, I thought that that was kind of going to be like just a bonus kind of like joke reason at the end. Again, I'm not so sure if I'm really joking about this. You know, Adam, Adam Henrique can't hurt the Rangers if uh, he's not playing against them. Uh, one last one, Adam Henrique, though, does have a modified no-trade clause, 
where he can uh, block trades to 10 different teams. We don't know if the Rangers are on that list and or if he would be willing to waive it if they are, but definitely want to at least throw out uh, that little tidbit at the end here. I'm uh, going to keep everything rolling. There's a second here. We've got uh, another Ranger or another center rather that I think the Rangers could look to maybe to try to make a deal for um, up to and including, you know, trade deadline day. Uh, we will talk about that player in just a little bit. Another really well-rounded player. Uh, first though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by our very good friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game, ta- with game Time. Uh, right now, all Game Time users can get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. And once again, download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Also want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And for the everydayers, can't thank you guys enough for tuning in every day. In our next episode, we're actually going to be doing this a little bit later today. Going to be recording with Ranger beat writer Vince Mercogliano. He's been on the show a bunch of times in the past. It's been too long, though. You know, really happy to to have Vince back on the show and just talk some Ranger hockey. But uh, a couple of you guys have already reached out to me. I'm going to make another call for this right now. If you have any questions for Vince Mercogliano that you'd like me to bring up during the podcast, uh, either leave it in the YouTube comment section or email it to me. Locked on NYRangers at gmail.com. You got to do it quick, though, because we're only uh, about six hours away from talking to Vince. And uh, like I said, definitely looking forward to that. But there's still time. Go ahead, drop your question, and uh, we'll see if we can get that onto that episode for anybody that reaches out. But uh, to continue with what we're talking about here today, let's focus on another uh, well-rounded, just solid player, uh, veteran player, now 29 years old. And that is Sean Monahan of the Montreal Canadiens. You know, I don't really think of Monaghan as like a superstar anymore, and, and most people probably don't, but I've seen a lot of these, you know, trade deadline lists, you know, the top 10 players that will be available at the deadline, the top 25, the top 20, whatever it might be. Um, he's in or near the top five in a lot of these, which surprised me a little bit. And I don't know, the, the trade deadline class this year, or at least the players that a lot of us think are going to be available, at first glance, you know, really looking at this today and yesterday, it does seem maybe a little bit thinner than in other years, but... Sean Monahan's a good player. The one thing that makes me worry there, though, is that there aren't a ton of, like, you know, big-time targets at the deadline. So does that mean that teams are going to have to overpay for players that maybe aren't as good as the top players available in other years? Uh, that remains to be seen. But regardless, again, Sean Monahan, uh, somebody that I think could be a fit for the Rangers. Um, you could 
apply a lot of what I just said about Adam Henrique to Sean Monahan. Again, the versatility is there, but Monahan to kind of just take a look at who he is and what he's done and where he's at right now in his career. Again, now 29 years old, spent nine seasons with Calgary and has played last year and also uh, this year with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, worth noting that certainly Sean Monahan was a more productive offensive player in the first half of his career than the second half of his career, which is a little weird. I mean, I know he's had it like a couple of injuries, but you know, he's not even 30 yet. You'd think that, you know, he's coming into his prime as far as scoring is concerned. Uh, his age 20 through age 24 seasons, he had between 58 and 82 points in all of those seasons. Uh, the last five years though, 48 or fewer points in all of them. Uh, part of the reason I, I think why his numbers were so, you know, giant early in the early in his career, um, he of course shared a line with Johnny Goudreau when the two of them were both in Calgary together. Very dynamic line, um, so maybe that inflated his points a little bit. Monahan was a good player, and you know, seeing him do what he did as kind of like the Robin to uh, Johnny Goudreau's Batman, it does kind of make me think that you know, if Monahan gets a chance to play with a a really good player, that he's going to capitalize on it and he's going to keep up. Uh, with that player's pace. He hasn't really had that opportunity uh, since him and Johnny Gaudreau, you know, were no longer line mates. And of course they both moved on from Calgary. Now, if the Rangers do acquire him, I don't think he's going to like center the Panarin line or anything like that, but you know, God forbid there's an injury or anything to Mika or Trocek. You at least have somebody that can step into a top six role has played in the top six in the past and has shown that he can keep up with a superstar player. You know, maybe the way he played with Goudreau, maybe he could play a similar way with Artemi Panarin. I mean, that remains to be seen, and uh, you never know for sure, but worth at least pointing that out here. But, you know, again, I, I feel like with Monaghan, this is somebody that is probably going to be a candidate to center the third line. Uh, he's somebody that would certainly give you more offense and just better all-around play than anybody currently available to center the third line. And again, we're not including Filipino because he's not back yet. Um, but you know, it definitely feels like that's kind of what his role would be with the Rangers, at least as of right now, um, that he could play third-line center. But here's something else. So, Philip Heedle, we've talked about him on and off the entire season. And again, our best wishes to Philip Heedle, and hopefully he's getting healthy. And if he can come back this season, that's awesome. But the thing that's really nice about Monaghan, he can play all three forward positions. So, if you trade for Monaghan and Philip Heedle's not back yet, I think, again, for sure, he probably slots right in on the third line, the center of that line, probably flanked by Cooley and Wheeler. But then once Philip Hedl got gets back, you've got some options. Philip Hedl probably goes back to third line center. You could bump Sean Monaghan down to the fourth line and have him center that line. You know, he's a good enough defensive forward that I don't think he'd be out of place there. Or, and here's a big one, that top line right wing spot. We've talked about how there's a revolving door and there's all these different players playing there. Well, Sean Monahan can play all three offensive positions. So once Philip Heedle gets back, you could put Heedle into the third line center spot and then bump Monahan up the lineup, have him on the right wing uh, with Kreider and Mika. No telling for sure how he would kind of gel with those two. Um, you know, only time would tell there. But again, it's just very nice to have that versatility. And that's probably what my vote would be. And instead of having Monahan drop down to the fourth line, Put him on the top line, you know, give him a chance. And of course, it, it depends on other things. How's Capo Caco going to be playing by then? Will the Rangers trade for anybody else? Will there be anybody else playing there with Mika and Kreider? Will the lines be different? Will they go with like Panarin and Mika and Kreider? And that's your top line. You never know for sure. But to have that option in a player like Monaghan, um, I, I think that works. And I, I think that could solve a problem there. Again, depth scoring to begin with. Then when Hedo gets back, you can put him on the top line with Mika and Kreider if you so desire. And, you know, again, very, very versatile player. Um, it's also worth noting though, that, you know, Montreal, they're not exactly dead and buried when it comes to the playoff chase. They are eight points out, but unless they go on a run soon, you, you got to figure that they're going to be looking to trade 
Uh, Monahan, I guess, you know, they could do an extension with him. He is still just 29 years old, but I would think they'd probably lean toward uh, moving him unless he, you know, really likes it there and takes a really team-friendly deal. Uh, I would have the feeling that Monahan would probably be uh, on the move come deadline time. And once again, kind of par for the course for Monahan, a steady, if unspectacular season. Um, he is scoring or producing points at a higher rate than in any of the past three seasons. Right now, 46 games for Monahan, 11 goals and 20 assists. Again, not eye-popping numbers, but he's centering Montreal's third line right now. I think that'd be the role for him when he first comes over to the Rangers. And that's a heck of a lot more offense than the Rangers are getting from anybody uh, that's a candidate to center the third line uh, at this moment. And another player that uh, can play special teams, he's right now listed on Montreal's top power play unit and the second penalty kill unit. Um, those are not exactly great units. I mean, Montreal's not a great team, so it kind of goes without saying. Montreal 20th in power play, 29th in penalty kill, but it is nice to, again, just have somebody that can do those things, step into a bunch of different roles, and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, just be um, almost like a Trocheck light. You know, I don't put Sean Monaghan at Vincent Trocheck's level right now, but, again, just somebody that can do a little bit of everything to help out just a little bit and, you know, I, again, I think of all the players I'm going to talk about today, and I've kind of talked myself into it right here. Uh, I think Monahan might be my choice. He, he might be my top choice of the three players that we're going to get into uh, here today. So um, I've kind of talked myself into it, like I said, and uh, I, I think he'd be a great pickup and uh, can't imagine that he would cost an arm and a leg. Again, it might be something of a seller's market this year at the trade deadline. And so teams might have to somewhat overpay, but you know, Sean Monaghan, second round pick. I mean, does that sound about right to you guys? I'd rather give up a draft pick than, you know, a top prospect. And certainly the Rangers are not going to trade Offman to rent Sean Monaghan for half a season. They're not going to trade uh, Perot or Sakura, anybody on those levels, maybe like a mid-level prospect or two, that that's something that could happen. But I think I lean a little bit toward um, dealing a, a draft pick as opposed to a prospect of really any kind. So, yeah, I mean, that that's you know, where things stand as far as Monaghan. I do think he'll be on the move. Uh, one last note on Monaghan. Only has 30 career playoff games, but he does have 10 goals and 11 assists. So he's done a decent job in the playoffs. He's never really been part of like a deep run, um, but hopefully that changes. You know, if the Rangers pick him up, you know, hopefully uh, this is his year. And, um, you know, you go from a team that's struggling and, you know, the Flames struggled his last few seasons there. The Canadians aren't really any good right now. I mean, they're moving in the right direction, but they're not there yet. Um, you, you get traded to a team like the Rangers, maybe that reinvigorates you and lights a fire. And obviously he's in a contract year, so he'll have plenty of motivation uh, from that standpoint as well. Uh, going to keep everything rolling in just a second. We've got one more uh, former Stanley Cup champion, and we're going to talk about him in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. We are past the halfway point of the season, Ranger fans, and you know a little bit of a mixed bag lately, but overall a solid season, still barely on top of the Metro Division. But regardless of where the Rangers are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Kreider or Mika or Igor will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details. 
and locational availability. All right, one more center to get to today, and this is another one of those players that I think it's a slam dunk that he's going to get traded. I mean, you, you got to figure for sure Henrique will get traded. Uh, that's that's a slam dunk as well. Monahan probably, I mean, they could always hang on to him, and he's still in his late 20s, so maybe he signs a team-friendly extension. That's possible, but uh, somebody that is all but certain to be on the move is Tyler Johnson, former two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Tampa Bay Lightning, now 33 years old. He's dealing with a foot injury right now, but it sounds like he could be back by the end of the week. He actually last played on New Year's Eve uh, with the Blackhawks. One thing I'll mention right out of the bat, there is, or there seems to be a decent amount of injury history here with Johnson. So you got to be aware of that. Buyer beware. A um, couple of ankle injuries. Uh, this recent foot injury that he's dealing with right now. He had a concussion in 2022. Neck injury in 2021. So, um, you know, if you trade for somebody like this, you, you kind of keep your fingers crossed and you hold your breath a little bit. But the one thing that's that's nice about that is that it kind of lowers the Blackhawks' leverage in trade talks because you are acquiring a player that, you know, there's some injury concerns there. And, you know, I, I don't think too many teams are going to be lining up around the block to deliver a King's Ransom uh, for Tyler Johnson. You never know. I mean, uh, who was it last year? Janot? Or was that two years ago when Tampa Bay gave up, like, 12 draft picks to get him. That was just bizarre. I think it was like legitimately five draft picks, which is crazy. So you never know for sure how these things are going to go and how the market's going to shake out. But uh, at first glance, at least, it would seem like you wouldn't have to give up a ton to uh, bring in a Tyler Johnson. Uh, another player who, once again, mostly plays center, but he can play all three forward positions. And it's just always nice to have that kind of versatility. Um, what we said about Monahan in that regard applies here with Johnson as well. Um, for his career, you know, 706 games between Tampa and Chicago, 185 goals, 228 assists. Uh, he's also a plus 40, 297 block shots, 552 hits, 214 takeaways against 257 giveaways, and 49.5% on the face-off circle. So the Rangers would actually have a center under 50% for his career. But you know what? That's close enough. And they've got so many guys that are good on the dot anyway that we'll live with that if Johnson can produce in some other ways. Um, this year for Johnson, 35 games, only nine goals, four assists, so 13 points. He's also a minus 15. And I realize, you know, th these are not eye-popping, exciting numbers. A lot of you are probably underwhelmed by those numbers that I just read. Totally get it. Let's also remember this guy is playing for the Chicago Blackhawks, who are god-awful right now. Uh, they have the Second worst record in the NHL, only to the Sharks. Second worst goal differential, only to the Sharks. The second fewest goals scored in the league, only to the Sharks. Um, so they're not a good team. Obviously, they have a, a long rebuild in front of them. And Johnson, Johnson, excuse me, is in his third year there. Um, but, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the episode, but I, I think Johnson, this applies to him even more than either of the other two players that I talked about. It's entirely possible that he kind of, gets a new life, a second wind, uh, just, just some energy breathed back into him by being traded from this terrible team to a contending team like the New York Rangers. Um, Johnson has got a, a great track record, uh, somebody that's been a part of a lot of deep playoff runs. And again, he won the two Stanley Cups with the Tampa Bay Lightning. When that's the case, when you've been a part of, you know, two championship teams and three, or um, I, I think he's been, yeah, he's been in the final three times because he was there in 2015 when uh, Tampa made it to the finals and lost it to the, and lost to the Blackhawks in the finals there. So he's been in the finals three times, two championships, uh, conference final or deeper five times. So you go from that and now you're playing for a team. You're in your third year playing for a team that is currently 14, 31, and two. That, that's tough. And 
look, I mean, no matter what team you're playing for, you got to bring it, right? You got to go out there and do everything you can to help your team win every single game that it possibly can. But you know what, man, we're all human, right? I mean, Johnson, there there has to be that little part of him that, you know, going to the rink and and maybe like, you know, you're in a game with the Blackhawks and you're down 6-1 in the third period and you're sitting on the bench. There's got to be that little part of him that thinks like, man, I I miss like being on a good team. I, I miss being you know, competing for championships and going on these deep playoff runs. So it's possible, um, you know, again, just human nature, he gets traded from this bad, bad team to a good team, a team in first place in its division. That'll kind of light a fire. And again, just kind of breathe some new life back into him. I mentioned, you know, he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. We can debate how much that matters, but I've always said, uh, it never hurts to have a couple of, you know, former champions in your locker room. And uh, right now you've got Barkley Goodrow in there, two cups. You've got Nick Bonino in there, two cups. You've got Jonathan Quick in there, three cups. You got another two here with uh, Tyler Johnson. It has been a long, long time, probably 1994. I mean, without going through all the all the rosters and telling everything up, probably 1994 was the last time the Rangers had that many Stanley Cup, that many Stanley Cups uh, in in their locker room. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Again, I don't think it hurts. We could debate how much it matters and how much it helps, but to have a player who's been there and done that, again, that doesn't bother me at all, and it's something that. You know, I, I think um, it's something that for sure Johnson has on the other two candidates that we've mentioned in today's episode, because those two have never really, I mean, Henrik got to the finals his rookie season, but other than that, he hasn't been on a deep run and um, neither has Monaghan. So yeah, uh, always good to you know have a little bit more playoff experience if you can. And for what it's worth, um, Johnson has played pretty well in the playoffs, 116 Stanley Cup playoff games, 32 goals, 33 assists. And again, um, the two championships that we already mentioned. Um, not to bring up another bad memory, but one of Johnson's more memorable Stanley Cup playoff performances actually did come against the Rangers in 2015. He had a hat trick in game two, and that tied the series at 1-1. And of course, Tampa uh, went on to win that series in seven games. Again, a painful memory, but I'm trying to give some context to some of these players that we might be looking to trade for. So had to do that. Also worth noting with Johnson that uh, he's in the final year of his deal, as are the other two players uh, featured here in today's episode. He's making $5 million a year. So again, this could be another situation where the Rangers need the Blackhawks to retain some of his salary. That could also lead to the Blackhawks wanting a little bit more for Tyler Johnson. But again, I don't think the return for Tyler Johnson is going to be massive for the Blackhawks. I'm thinking maybe like a third rounder. I mean, does that sound right? A third and a fifth rounder, you know, something like that. Uh, Maybe a a fourth rounder and a low to mid-level prospect that the Blackhawks like for one reason or another. It's tough to gauge these things. You never know, again, how the market is going to shake out. But I think somewhere in that ballpark probably makes some sense. Um, one other thing I want to mention with the Blackhawks, though, which could make this a little bit tricky for the Rangers or any team trying to acquire Tyler Johnson, they have like just an unbelievable amount of draft picks the upcoming season. To begin with, this past year, they had 11 draft picks in, in this 2023 NHL draft. For 2024, they have eight total draft picks. Seven of them, seven of them are in the first three rounds. Uh, in 2025, they have nine draft picks. Five of them are in the first three rounds. And then in 2026, they have nine draft picks and five are in the first three rounds. At a certain point, do you even need any more draft picks? Like how many draft picks do you need? And that might lead to the Blackhawks looking to get a prospect rather than a draft pick, which is not what I would prefer the Rangers to do. But again, Tyler Johnson, it's not like he's setting the world on fire this season. So uh, hopefully if you're the Rangers, you can, if you want to acquire him, you can do so without giving up a prospect that you really like. And again, guys like Offman, Sakura, Perot, they're off the table. Forget it. That, that's not happening for half a season of Tyler Johnson. But I'm hoping that they don't have to give up really anybody uh, that they like, um, you know, going forward. 
um, if there is a trade between them and the Blackhawks for Johnson. I uh, figure we could pretty much call it there. Like I said, one to kind of just reel off a couple of these trade candidates. And I figure we'd spend some time at center today. Maybe uh, in a future episode, we'll turn our attention to right wing. I know a lot of people are looking for that Frank Vetrano reunion. I'm not against it, man. I, I really like the way he played for uh, the Rangers. You know, when um when he was here the first time around, he was only here for half a season. Uh, but he's a sniper. They could use another one of those. He's a fiery player. They could use a little bit more of that. Um, just a good player. And having a career season is Frank Vetrano. That makes it a little tricky because... You know, the, the Ducks are going to want a good amount for him, but it's worth at least talking about, and we will do that in a future episode for sure, but we'd love to see a reunion between the Rangers and uh, Frank Vetrano. So figure we'll pretty much just call it there. Once again, if anybody has a question for Vince Bercogliano, go ahead, leave it here in the YouTube comment section. If I see it before we record with Vince a little bit later today, then for sure I'll read it on the episode. Uh, you can also email it to me as well, LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Also make sure to give the show a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And once again, definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Um, there are some things that are YouTube exclusive. We recently did a recording with Phil Martin of Locked On NHL. About 10 minutes just talked about, you know, the state of the Rangers. So that was a YouTube exclusive. And nine times out of 10, new episodes will be available on YouTube a little bit before they're available on audio services. So definitely go ahead and uh, subscribe there. We're actually closing in on 2,500 subscribers. So anybody that kind of helps us get there, it would be very much appreciated. Uh, but once again, um, thank you guys as always for tuning in and we will see you next time.